so uh yeah so first of all thank you for taking the time for uh for for, for me and for everyone who's going to have a blast listening to this um i think i think it would be great if you could just maybe give me a couple of ideas of who you are where you came from and how come we're talking right so <laughs> uh, my name is craig Nabella. i live in minneapolis minnesota and mm-hmm. i run turtle cars and i rent campers out okay so you yeah so we we're, we're missing the joke of the the Let's talk about the first thing that pops up because that's, I think, it's a very. <laughs> Thanks for breaking that for me. Um... <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So actually, about those campers, um, I think you've you've had quite a bit of um, like success in terms of like you know uh, traction and uh, in, on that site as well. Um, and I think Tiro is getting into campers. What are your thoughts on the on the future of uh, of these, like? Uh, probably this winter I'm looking at maybe buying 20 or 30 more. Wow. I'm okay. kind of holding up on buying any more cars and just buying campers, hopefully. Right. Okay. But like Minnesota, you have winters there, right? You're not, you're not yeah. like in a, okay. And how does that work in this case? Because I think, um, one of the things I want to touch base with you, especially is, you know, each market is a little different, right? So the type of cars you get in, let's say, Hawaii or L.A. would not be the same that you would get in Chicago, right? So, you know, just yep. because you have different people. So, like, camper seems to work really well for you. What do you why do you think so? Uh, I actually think that with campers, it's more, I think you could pretty much set this business up anywhere. I know mm-hmm. Ryan got one down in Arizona mm-hmm. based off my recommendation. And he's yep. doing fairly well. Um, I think... With campers, I think a lot of people want to go camping, but right. most people drive minivans, small mm-hmm. SUVs, and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So those can be pulled by a pop-up where you can't pull a big trailer. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then for the seasonal aspect of that, um, I'm actually working with Ryan right now that my wife and I are going to bring four campers down to Ryan in Arizona mm-hmm. to maintain the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I do, however, I'm, I would still be profitable if I just parked them for seven months out of the year. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's like it's that so, crazy of demand. Okay. Huh. Yeah, so that sounds like a very interesting market. I think it's very similar to, to my city, essentially, where, you know, in the summer, things are just going extremely crazy, and there's just yeah. not enough cars for anything, and the winter, like, it's, it's, it's dying down quite a bit. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so okay, and then the other thing I guess I wanted to, I want to check with you because it's I think relevant today is um, you know I, I know you saw you made a little video last week or was it this week that you were doing a delivery and you got like hammered by or you crashed into someone I'm not sure what what happened there. Um, so I was doing a delivery, was tired, and I drove into another car, and it was so it was at fault accident that mm-hmm. came out of my pocket. Well, and like two rules not covering for any of these, you're you're not liability only. Okay, right. So this is, I think, a big big issue for a lot of people who are doing a lot of deliveries, especially far away yeah. with expensive cars. Um, yep. That your insurance could drop you in that case, right? That's that's yep. the whole. So like me, I, it was a twenty four hundred dollar car. Right. I'm out twenty four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you still have parts, right? So yeah, and I still have the car that I can do whatever I want with it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I, what would you what would you see like what would you see doing like in the future now that you had this experience in terms of deliveries? I don't I don't do deliveries very often. I uh -huh. prefer not to for that reason. Uh -huh. I mean, I charge a max hundred and twenty every time. And right. Yeah, I really don't like doing deliveries. Well, I see, especially since the last one cost you quite a bit of an arm. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and how would you handle, like, you know, would you, uh, like, would you consider just you bring people to your place instead or, uh, you know, just so you don't have any, any risk? Like, you know, thankfully this was a relatively cheap car, but let's yeah. say even you had, like, one of your, le uh, one of your newer Jeeps, you know, you would, that would be pretty, you know, pretty hefty as a, as a price, as a, yeah. as a lesson, you know? Would you, yeah. are, are you going to move forward into delivering, like, I'll pay for your Uber to come to my place type of thing, or no, you still? I don't think I'm going to make any changes. Okay. Um, I, I don't do enough deliveries. I mean, I might do five deliveries a month mm -hmm. out of my 40, 50 trips that I do. Okay, okay. So it's a very small, like, uh, so it's a very small percentage of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So and then, okay. So that's that's a very interesting one. But like like you said, you're out of uh, you're out of only twenty four hundred bucks now. If you would uh, if you would have to buy a car to replace it, what would you what would you go forward with? Like I, I think you're pretty set on campers, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I like my uh, under two thousand dollar cars. Yeah. And what what what's the what's the reasoning? Like, what are you looking for? Let's say. You're thinking, okay, it's time to expand. I have it some has extra four cash. four tires that go around. Okay. And an engine and a transmission that don't leak or blow up. Okay, that's I pretty. Mean, I'm not specific. I mean, I love my Mazda MPVs, but they're about four grand a piece. Right. Uh, I like my two thousand dollar cars. <laughs> I got a couple of Yaris's. I mean. Yeah. Okay, that's. Yeah. So you're really following through the and like just just for me to understand a little bit like how far are you away from you know a city center or an airport or something like are you located um, in the city or are you in the suburbs? I live, mm. I live about thirty or forty miles away from everything. Okay. I lease a lot. That's two miles from the airport. Mm -hmm. And all my cars sit at the lot, and then I run hundred percent remote. Okay. Know. Okay. And uh, would you mind sharing a little bit more how you like? came up with the decision of, uh, of running everything remotely and how does it work for you? Um, I share it with another Turo owner mm -hmm. and um, when we first started out we got a office cubicle and five parking spots mm -hmm. and we've kind of just maintained that and we just try to keep our cars moving so mm -hmm. that there's not a bunch of cars sitting at it and right. they haven't said anything to us since. Mm -hmm. Okay and like at the remote part like how, how do you handle it? You know, there you're you're quite a few cars at this point. Hmm? Yeah, I have eleven cars. Yeah, you're eleven cars. Um, so that's yeah. Oh. And I just once a day I go down. My wife or I would take all the pictures. We clean mm -hmm. all the cars that need to be cleaned. Mm -hmm. And then we just have them sitting there waiting to be picked up. Okay, so you like essentially you do rem you do um, like regardless of that whether there's a reservation or not, you're gonna go out there yep. and take some pictures. Yep. You know. So yeah, you have the twenty four. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're good for like twenty four hours. Okay, that's an interesting yep. w approach of uh, of going about it. And like all the messaging and everything, you handle it yourself, or do you have like are you are you on Street Smarts for this or? I use them. Uh, 
pay street smarts for all my trip accepting and extensions, and then mm-hmm. I handle all the, like, my wife or I handle all the, like, the interaction with the renter. Okay, okay. All right, so it's just like uh, in case you're sleeping type of thing, you're and somebody decides yep. to extend last minute. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting yep. approach of, uh, of doing it. Cool, cool, cool. And, um, yeah, so now, like, for insurance, like, you have 11 cars, right? It's like, are, are they all, yeah. like, under, are they on the company name or your name? Or, like, do you split them by different people you trust? You know, I've seen all kinds of approaches. Like, what would you think is this kind of, like, the safest way of going about it to this point? Well, the safest way and then the way I do it. Yeah, the so way you... Mine are all under my personal. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have eight cars on one policy, three on another. Mm-hmm. And then, but I would always recommend to put them into a business name mm-hmm. if you can to right. have, I mean full-blown rental insurance like some of the guys do right yeah, yeah, yeah and like you're not considering a business or you're you've started putting them you just don't want to uh to move them around or like you have I have an LLC I just don't really use it okay 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 yeah all right interesting so um now I have a couple of things here so like I think I think this is very interesting. I want to go a little deeper in there. Um, so your wife helps you a lot with this. Um, so how does she feel about it? Like, I think you have a full-time job uh, and you have yeah, some I kids do, yes. as well, right? I have a full-time job. My wife quit her job just to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just I don't know. It's been working pretty well. I think she's... Uh, a lot more conservative than I am about adding more vehicles and okay. all this extra debt and everything else moving forward. So that's mm-hmm. why we've been pretty just trying to focus on cash only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But like otherwise, she feels pretty good about like yeah. uh, about the whole system and like she trusts the uh, the whole platform that that's working out pretty well with you. And like she's yeah. not she's not angry that you're you know out there fixing stuff and during the day and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, and I think most most days when I'm like working and stuff, she handles pretty much everything, mm-hmm. like for the day to day operation of the business. Okay, so it's like I should act, we should actually be talking to your wife for the, for a lot of these questions, yeah, she's, right? Yeah, <laughs> she, she's the real boss. I'm just the, the face. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Right, interesting. Yeah, actually, that's um, because I think that's one of the powerful things is you know once you get to a certain level. You just can't do everything on your own, like regardless of how you no. do it. Um, no. And I think like having your significant other is always, you know, a great, uh, a great opportunity, you know, to try out and, and start going with it. Um, okay, cool, cool. Now, what would you do, like, in case of, you know, you want to take a day off or or like you want to go on vacation or something? How would you guys handle it? Did you ever do it yet? Or I have friends. Yeah, like we went to Vegas last month for a week. Mm-hmm. I just have friends. Like fellow turtle owners and friends handle the campers or cars and stuff. So, uh-huh. right, the same ones that had like that you shared a lot with, right? That's yep, the, that's, that's one of them. Then there's mm-hmm. some guys in the group that help me out too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like essentially you you've pretty much built the community around you, and you don't sound like you're really stressed out about a lot of things at this point. Um, other no. than your you like your wife being stressed out about you know just the amount of cars you're getting and things like this. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So what would you say, let's say, okay, so there's, let's say there's, there's this guy, John, uh, who's starting out, you know, this month, um, and he's starting out, he has $10,000, I don't know, either a loan or cash, whatever. What would you tell him to do at this point? 
Like he wants to get into this, and he's really passionate. Um, I always think just um, I guess buy whatever vehicle or camper or whatever at the lowest amount you can. Don't be specific on brand or mm -hmm. year or anything like that. Just find the cheapest one that you can that works mm -hmm. and run it. I mean, it seems like for me the. You know, like the cheaper cars, like the Chevy Aveo, they're cheap, cheap mm -hmm. to maintain. You know, we're not renting out mm -hmm. BMWs, we're not renting out right. Mercedes, we're not renting out all these other ones. Mm -hmm. They're cheap. You can buy junkyard parts. You can right. do all this other stuff, and mm -hmm. you can fix them cheap. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what would you, what would you think? A lot of people like underestimate when they're getting into a business, like that you, oh. that you were thinking, like, oh yeah, this, this is not going to be an issue, and it ended up being one. You know, down the road. You know, given that you've been at it for almost a year at this point, right? Or yeah, almost two years now. Oh, almost. Um, okay, cool. You see, like I had a Corvette and I had an Escalade on there and all these other fancy cars. Uh -huh. I think you see the dollar amount of these. You know, like this Escalade. You know, it's making a thousand bucks a month. You know, mm -hmm. you think you're making great money, right? Until you realize that your forty-five thousand dollar vehicle is now worth twenty. Mm-hmm. Then you factor that twenty-eight thousand dollar appreciation there, and you figure out you just lost. You know, I think that a lot of the people in our group don't understand that because they mm -hmm. haven't sold the car yet. They've only been doing it for a few months. Mm -hmm. They're offering unlimited mileage on them for thirty dollars a day. Right. They're losing. They don't mm -hmm. even know it. Right. Yeah, yeah. This, that's but that's like in case that you're keeping the car, right? That's not. Uh, yeah. That's not in the case yeah, that you you're leasing the car for five yeah. years. But the mm -hmm. thing is, if you know if that thing got totaled after. A year, two mm -hmm. years, you're mm -hmm. still losing. Right. That's what you're gonna get. You know, actual cash value. You're not gonna get what you owe on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's. Uh, so essentially, that's that's what you mean by like, you know, working. You said like, oh, whatever cars I can get for like under two grand or something. That's your kind of yeah. aim for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one second. Um, so for for this, like, would you, so you ended up just selling both cars at the end, right? Or for for the Escalade oh, and Corvette? One I, um, one I got a really good, like, I guess not really good. It was decent. We did trading on it, and mm -hmm. I got a new Lancer mm -hmm. and a Corolla mm -hmm. for that. And I so my Corvette actually broke even out okay. of the deal after mm -hmm. owning it for ten months. Mm -hmm. And then the Cadillac, um, well, we ended up trading that one off for two of the two Jeeps. Uh -huh. So we got those two Jeeps, dirt cheap. They gave mm -hmm. me a decent price on the Cadillac. And then with the awesome price of the Jeeps, it, it worked out. Mm -hmm. So you, you decided to go for like newer but cheaper cars versus... Like high maintenance ones, right? Is that is that what you're? Yeah, so like I bought all three of them brand new. Like mm -hmm. the Lancer was fifteen grand, mm -hmm. and then the two Jeeps were like thirty-eight grand for mm -hmm. the both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, hmm. interesting. So you like you went you like you minimized your risks, but like was the was the Cadillac and Corvette something that you personally wanted to drive or wanted in general, or what yeah, was the... initially that's what all started this thing. I had it as personal car and then I just mm -hmm. was like, oh, it's an $800 payment. And so right. just started off that. <laughs> and, 
Yeah, which you is did... the whole turtle model, right? Okay. Right. And decided I want to make money. Uh huh. So you decided you wanted to make money more than you wanted to drive a nice car, essentially. Exactly. Now I okay. drive a 2006 Aveo or a 2009 Versa, whatever's available. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a little, uh, it's, it's it's a little change. I, the, do you think, do you think running this business for for two years made you like a nicer person over time and like a more humble? Whereas you, now know. you, hmm? no. <laughs> Can you elaborate on this? Because you seem to. Have... You see my uh, the way I talk and act right in the group, so I'm like that all the time. I'm kind of mm -hmm. straight. Matter of fact, type person. Um, yeah, though, because uh, you know, you're saying you know, driving from an Escalade, because the, the the type of personality, right, that would drive one type of car that is very expensive that you look on the streets, you're like, okay, that guy is making money and everything. Whereas you're looking at someone driving in the 2006 Avail, you're like, oh, he lives like an Islam and he has nothing essentially, right? Yeah. So these are kind of like pre. Uh, like pre-made judgments that that you would have, but now that you've driven both and you you know you can afford both, um, you're just making the correct decision. That's why that's why I ask like, oh, do you think that you're like you feel better overall that you know more about yourself? I guess, right? That, I guess that I would think, be the right. Yeah, I think most people that drive those type of cars can't afford them. <laughs> Which one, the Avail or the Escalade? No, the <laughs> and the Escalades and all this other stuff. I think that. It's a good way to get in over your means. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, yeah, they, they're rentals or leases and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Um, and I guess my last question, my, my last question before, before your phone dies, right, <laughs> is where do, you, yeah. where do you see all this going like in the next couple of years? Like where do you see your business um, taking you? Yeah, because there's the a lot of changes, on, right? Yeah. yeah, the campus I plan on growing that to be a full-fledged business. Um, I would like to, you know, set up my own system on that mm -hmm. and then expand that to a couple different cities. Um, I don't think there's really that many people out there doing what I'm doing with pop-up mm -hmm. campers. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that the market's there for me. Right. Yeah, you're doing a novelty, novelty like, thing that, and then there's less competition. That's why you're making yeah. so much money, right? I think that's something that Sherwin kind of, you know, goes back to a lot oftentimes. Especially, I don't know if you've seen a couple of days ago. There's uh, there's this huge discussion about price floors uh, on Turo. All right, I think you saw it. You you commented on it. Like, what what do you what do you think about it? So, I think that I don't like the idea of price mm -hmm. floors because you know, and I made the comment that I could rent out cars for fifteen dollars. Right. A day yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you still you can still make a profit. Not everybody can. You yeah, can't I'm rent a never profit. You know, I'd be above zero. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, you can't ride an Escalade for fifteen bucks a day and make a profit. Correct. Right. No, yeah. but I can rent ten two thousand dollar cars for fifteen dollars mm -hmm. a day, and I'm making a hundred and fifty a day off of a twenty thousand dollar investment. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and these there's other, you know, they get a hundred thousand dollar car. You know, yeah, they're not going to be able to rent out for what mm -hmm. I can. Right. And, yeah. You know, we'll go with like the the Walmart model, right? You just mm -hmm. in pure volume and cheap mm -hmm. create the value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you would, like you you don't think, let's say, um, 
let's say if it's a hundred uh, if it's a hundred thousand dollar car like you wouldn't think that it could, it should be capped at something like 40 bucks a day at least or something um i don't no okay Sherman made a comment that you know there's luxury actual rental car places that mm-hmm. rent those cars for a thousand dollars a day plus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're on turtle renting them out for 300 mm-hmm. you know there's a reason that they're being rented for thousand dollars a day mm-hmm. you know we're undercutting that market yeah. So why should we cap the next guy that comes in and mm-hmm. maybe figures out something else and wants to lower the price more? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Actually, that's something I haven't uh, I haven't thought about exactly. Like you know, cutting next person down, right? Because yeah, all, all these places renting luxury cars. That was, um, you know, me having uh, having tried like the luxury segment in my city. Um, you know, I was looking around like nobody else was renting Teslas. So I was like, "Oh, awesome! I can I can do it." Uh, the cheapest Tesla you could find here was like five hundred bucks a day. I was like, "Okay, that's a lot," <laughs> you know. Um, so you know, so I priced mine for for two hundred, two hundred fifty. I think it it was pretty good. Um, yeah. Until I dropped to one thirty to keep up like sixty percent utilization rate, um, and that's when shit started hitting the fan. Like I I started getting all kinds of weird people, you know. And it ended up with the guy who just had his license for two months and decided to speed on like downtown on a bike path and ended up <laughs> rear ending someone else and yeah that was a that was a ten thousand dollar expense uh, mistake for me <laughs> you know in, in terms yep. of insurance insurance payout so like we all learn in that sense right so yep. yeah um cool cool so look I think I think that there's a lot of interesting things from that I can pull from here um I think you're, essentially what you're saying is really like, you know, if you want to try out this business and everything, you just, you know, you go at it and, you know, you try things and if it doesn't work, you adjust, right? There's no, uh, yep. like, there's no like, oh, you must, uh, you must be careful with this and this and this, except going with the really expensive cars. Because that seems like a bad idea. Bad yeah. From two guys that have owned really expensive vehicles down here it doesn't work out <laughs> yeah i mean the only the only way i can see it working out for me well how it is working out right now is i actually want to drive that car so i don't care if it's not rented out 30 days a month right i have my yep. cheap two thousand three thousand dollar cars that i rent out to make the money and this you yep. know i just subsidize the payments even if yep. i lose in three years when i resell look i don't care right that's yep. But I think you have to be honest with yourself in that sense, right? Like, do you yeah. pref- do you prefer money or uh, do you prefer driving something today? So yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that's, that's interesting uh, interesting point. Um, okay, right, because I know like last month I have less than I have about hundred grand invested in my right. cars and campers total, mm-hmm. and last month I net you know after expenses about ten grand, mm-hmm. so, which is pretty which is pretty good I mean, like on the percentage revenue i don't think there's any investment that's going to give you that much yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure there's exceptions to rule that somebody's got a hundred thousand dollar car out there that's making 10 grand a month i'm sure there is but yeah but you have to be in the right market too yeah i think if you're in la and or somewhere crazy yeah maybe mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean these places are saturated as well right Yep. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's a little harder there. Um, oh yeah, actually, uh, one one thing I wanted to ask you. Um, so now, like, what's your favorite type of renter that you would love? Um, I mean, 
just just to give you an idea like is it a person that smokes in your car that goes over mileage like by 2000 miles or something um like what's your favorite type of person to deal with today um i love the late night pickup people that rent it for one day and then drive 300 miles that's my favorite okay because they only get they only get 100 miles a day mm-hmm. they're usually late you know mm-hmm. get a four-hour late fee 200 miles over that's my favorite <laughs> But are they, they're not return customers at that point most of the time? No, absolutely no. not. Okay. And what actually, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like there's enough customer base for them to be, like, you know, deterred away? Like, let's say they rent out this 100-mile-a-day uh, 2006 Aveo and then ended up being hit by, like, 700 bucks of fees and stuff for it. They could have bought the car from you, essentially, almost. <laughs> um for one day, right? That's. <laughs> I, I'm very clear on my policy. So right. I charge it. If a guy goes ten miles over, he gets charged thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. And I through G Smarts, I have all my automated messaging I include all of that. Mm-hmm. It tells them up front, and mm-hmm. then I also verbally tell them mm-hmm. about it. So if they want to break the rules, then they're going to be charged accordingly. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So like essentially, you want to like. You want people who are respectful and who listen to yeah. rules, and like yeah, you don't care. I have care. a lot of repeat renters. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a couple of people that mm-hmm. rent two, two weeks a month. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're great. You know, yeah. But the people that don't follow my policies and rules, or etc., I'm gonna charge them. Right, and you don't think it's like you don't feel like it's a waste for the community to no. not have them part of it, right? Yeah. Essentially, no, I don't because. You know, if they're treating my car like that, if they're treating my $1,900 car like that, mm-hmm. they're going to treat the next guy's Tesla or Corvette or whatever yeah. they rent just as bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think this is a thing that's also a very interesting thing because a lot of people I've seen, you know, be afraid of charging so much because they're like, oh my God, I'm deterring people from using Turo ever again type of thing. But I mean... I, I think you're bringing a very valid point here that you know you don't want these people to use Turo, and you're doing the next guy a favor by charging yeah. them through the roof, essentially. Um, exactly. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Um, anything else you want to add before you uh, before you go, so you have access no. to? Uh, no, you don't want to. <laughs> I think I, I don't know. I think you covered everything. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think we did, and um, yeah, like, look, it's 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 great talking with a lot of people like this, and you know, sharing uh, for your uh, for not your next delivery, but someone else's next delivery. They'll have something to uh, <laughs> something to occupy their mind. First thing is like, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> from from your <laughs> from your experience there, um, so yeah, cool, fantastic. Mm-hmm.